Hello and welcome to the world of emotions and the Emotion Focus podcast, a series all about emotions, how they work for us, how sometimes seemingly they don't work for us, and how we might better understand that and perhaps try and do something about it. I'm Lou Cooper, I'm your host, I'm based in Nam in Melbourne, Australia, and in this series I'm joined by people from around the globe who have dedicated most of their professional lives to the exploration of emotions. Everything you hear on this podcast is informed by emotion theory and emotion-focused therapy. Go away, feelings. I don't want you because you're not nice. You're painful. I don't want to feel them. I mean, you would have heard a lot about this if you've listened to several episodes. We're talking about the pain that emotions bring us. So no wonder we want them to go away at times. And this is what we're going to talk about on this series, how we sometimes, consciously or unconsciously, try and get rid of our emotions in some way so we don't feel them and we don't feel the pain. Dr. Lars Auschra is the co-head of the German Institute of Emotion Focus Therapy, which is based in Munich, and joins me from there. Lars, thank you very much for your time. Hi, Lou. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm right in saying that, you know, when we try and not feel our emotions, sometimes we're doing that consciously. We do something so we don't feel them. But sometimes it's also out of our awareness that we're not conscious about it. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, sometimes we do it consciously, deliberately, and other times it feels like it's just happening to us. So right before this episode, I'll find myself consciously trying to not feel by holding my breath, right, to not feel my anxiety. Mm -hmm. Your anxiety about speaking to me, Lars. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm not that scary, but I understand because I have that same thing sometimes before these episodes. I feel anxious for some reason and, yeah, holding my breath is something that I might do, I suppose. I'm not sure, so that I don't feel that anxiety. Right, right. I mean, so I often hold my breath. I mean, different people to different things. But the issue is then the anxiety stays, right? I mean, what you resist persists. So it's far more easy for me or more helpful to breathe, to name my feeling now, to express it to you. And that helps me, right? If I keep not trying to feel it, it will stay. And it might interfere with what I want to do, right? In this case, talking to you and having a conversation about emotion. So you have just deliberately tried to deal with that feeling of fear or anxiety in a different way by saying that that is what is happening. Yeah, But you needed to be aware that you were trying to deal with that anxiety in the first place to do that. Absolutely, which is a hard part, right? I mean, often people are not aware that they block or interrupt their feelings. They just find themselves not feeling, for example. Or in my case, I have a hard time with transitions in life or like when things are ending, Yeah, that's an issue for me. And then I might find myself being cranky 
or angry or irritated when really I feel sad, right? So in that case, it somehow happens to me that I don't feel what I'm really feeling, but something else that somehow seems to be protecting me from the sadness, right? So you're feeling another emotion, and I can imagine that would be kind of confusing for people that are watching it. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I remember that was five years ago when my daughter turned 10. Somehow that was an issue for me that she was not nine anymore, right, like my little daughter. And we were on holiday in Sweden, and I absolutely hated it. Like the days right before her birthday, I was so angry and irritated, and I hated the lake. I hated every suggestion my wife made. Right, So I was really hard to be around with. But then I remember the night before her actual birthday, I went out by a walk by myself and I was sitting on a rock next to the lake and then I felt the sadness coming up inside of me. And then I breathed into it and allowed it and that changed everything, right? And that moment I felt reconnected again once I could fully feel the sadness, allow it, And then I was not angry anymore and actually didn't mind my daughter getting 10. But before that, it was really confusing for my family to see me that angry. That's a beautiful illustration of, you know, using another emotion to block an emotion that you're you're scared of or you don't want to feel. But I'm wondering at what point you realized that you were actually blocking that sadness. I guess my family would have wished me to become aware of it sooner, right? And at first, I just found myself being angry. But then I felt like, that's strange. Why am I angry? That doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit the situation. I sort of got stuck in the anger. And these are signs that that is not the core of what I feel, right? The stuckness that it didn't fit the situation. It somehow didn't feel right. It's useful being an emotion-focused therapist, isn't it, sometimes, that you were able to do that? I mean, when you do it, right? I mean, (laughs) it's not that we use the skills that we have all the time as much as it would be good for us in our relationships. But, of course, it's good to have these skills, right? So there's two two things we've mentioned of how we how we stop feeling things. So one is like trying to hold breath and you said you do that sometimes but it actually doesn't work. And the other one you've just mentioned is kind of finding yourself unconsciously engaging in another emotion so you don't feel the one that is painful for you at that time. What are some of the other ways that we stop ourselves from feeling? I think there are maybe three broad categories. One category is, and breath, I think, belongs to it. These are like physical actions. It could be holding your breath. It could be tensing your neck, your stomach, your shoulders. Why do you do something physical in an attempt to control your emotion? And muscle contractions are a primary mechanism to accomplish that. Another broad category might be cognitive things. So I could redirect my focus on something else, right? I could think about something else. And I think the third broad category would be to block my feelings by generating other feelings. And that could be more deliberately or it could be more unconsciously. So an example for a more deliberate way 
of interrupting a feeling with another feeling could be if I feel sad and I could say to myself, I won't let the other person get to me. And then I might get angry at the other person and point out their faults or what they did wrong, right, in my view. And then I would feel a bit stronger to some degree, right? But really, I feel sad or vulnerable. These three categories, the physical action, something that we do in our mind, a cognitive, with our, something we do with our thoughts, or blocking the feeling with other feelings. As you're describing them, they all seem things that we would do unconsciously. And I'm wondering, maybe it's easier for us to identify the things that we do consciously. And I mean, the first one that comes to mind is people using alcohol. Absolutely. I mean, so what I was talking about are more these implicit things, but of course, there are all kinds of actions you can engage in in the world to not feel. I mean, you can overwork, you can do sports like crazy, you can use alcohol, you can use computer games, pornography, you just name it, right? You can do so many things to not feel your feelings. And although, you know, I'm saying we do that consciously, we're not always conscious of the purpose of what we're doing is so that we don't feel. But let's go back to those unconscious things, the things that kind of happen automatically Given the pain that is involved in some feelings, no wonder our body does something almost automatically so that we don't feel that pain. Would we be better off feeling the pain? In the long run, certainly. So in general, it's like you have to feel it to heal it. Or like I said before, what is resisted persists. So it really helps you to feel your feelings so that you can manage them. But, I mean, it depends on what you experience. Oftentimes, people had bad experiences when they allowed their feelings, right? They got shamed or they felt overwhelmed because they didn't have any help in regulating them. And then feelings become dangerous for them. And research shows that it's not so much the fear of the pain, it's the fear of the emotion itself. It's sort of a fear of falling apart or disintegrate or to dissolve almost, right? But as you're describing your experience with your daughter turning 10 and you're talking about other, you know, being really irritable and angry and really a bit of a pain in the ass for the rest of your family, right? Right. Um, in that process. But when that is happening, what I'm hearing is that because you were engaging in that anger, you were feeling anger instead, that that was possibly more painful than the pain you felt when you allowed the sadness in. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But the thing is that due to some reasons, feeling the pain of loss or the sadness of loss with me is co-activated with previous experiences where I felt overwhelmed by the loss, right? So... I'm scared shitless on a subconscious level of feeling the pain of loss, right? If I would have to make it explicit, then it would be like the fear of dissolving, that a hole will open up in the ground and I will fall into it. Of course, it doesn't make sense. Of course, it won't happen. But this is how I feel, right? So there's almost like a co-activation of my sadness and fear based on past experiences. And whenever... This is how it seems to be like, I feel it's better now, but whenever I felt sort of sadness, I felt it forming in my body, that sort of 
triggered fear, the fear of falling apart, right? And then my organism helped me, or thought it would be helping me, by having me being angry. But, but of course, in the long run, that makes it difficult to be with me. Um, so it's better to feel the sadness. But then there's this fear that gets triggered automatically, right? And the fear tells me, don't go there. Don't go there. It's dangerous. Your fear tells you not to feel it, and you, but you end up with your anger if you're being angry. I imagine that people kind of move away from you, so you find yourself all by yourself. Absolutely. So I'm happy that I was actually able to feel the sadness, and it was a wonderful experience. Right? To all of a sudden feel reconnected. Nothing changed in the outside world, but everything changed inside of me. And then I found myself being more connected, more grounded. And I wasn't sad at all seeing my daughter becoming 10, right? That was wonderful. And the sadness actually helped me to have this experience. And the difficulty before resulted from me desperately not wanting to feel sad, right? Yeah, not wanting to feel sad. And it kind of backfired on you. This story that you've shared with us, Lars, is a great advertisement for trying to connect with emotions as they happen and be curious about the emotions that we're feeling sometimes that don't seem to be getting us anywhere. Right, right. So as people are listening to this and wondering about maybe the emotions that they're feeling right now, how can you tell whether the emotion that you're feeling is actually trying to block another emotion or whether it is the emotion that, if you want, you should be feeling, that it's a healthy, useful emotion? How do you tell? This question is more easily asked than answered, right? I mean, but it's, it's a very good question. First of all, you have to be aware that you feel, right? Because often times people are not aware of what they feel. And then you have to be able to name it, to put words to it so that you know what you feel. So these are the first steps, to first be aware of what you feel and then to name it. And then you can ask yourself, does it fit? To the situation, I'm angry that my daughter gets 10. That doesn't really make sense because anger is around boundary violation, right? My daughter didn't violate me. Nobody violated me by her growing up, right? So it didn't fit the situation. That would be one thing you could ask yourself. What could also be that it is an old familiar feeling, right? I am familiar with feeling angry when I feel sad, right? So whenever I feel angry, it's good for me to be suspicious, and to look inside and see what I might really be feeling, right? So we have like personal patterns of, we call it secondary emotion, right? Emotion that overshadow, override other feelings. And often we have our own versions of them, right? In my case, it's anger, so it helps to be familiar with that. And another thing you could ask yourself is, what do I need? Does the feeling that I feel help me to get my need met. So when I find myself feeling angry, but I somehow feel like what I really miss is being close to my family, then the anger doesn't fit, right? I mean, the anger creates more distance and troubles and doesn't help me to get my need met. This all makes sense, Lars. Do you think this is something that people can learn to do by themselves or are we talking about something that really is the job of a therapist to help someone 
work through? I mean, ideally, you can do it by yourself because you learned it with your parents, right? This is really the job of your parents to help you or your primary caregivers, right? To help you figure out what you feel and make sense of it and, and deal with it. And a lot of people can do that naturally. And if you can't do it, if you get stuck in your feelings and you get stuck in your sort of secondary emotion, which can create all kinds of interpersonal problems or problems for yourself, then it's good to seek the help of a therapist, right? Yeah. It sounds quite simple in some ways, but actually the the fact that this is a process, it's something that happens within us unconsciously. It's an automatic reaction to pain. To me, it sounds pretty tricky. And I guess I'm saying that because if there are people listening to this thinking, oh, yeah, this makes sense, but actually not being able to do it, I think people need to be not too hard on themselves about finding their efforts to try and stop blocking their emotions not going very far. It's difficult, isn't it? Yes, it's a good point, Lou, because we want to protect people from feeling like they failed if they can't do it themselves, right? particularly with what we call self-interruptions, because they are automatic, they are implicit. So when people find themselves not feeling then it's difficult for them to find out how that happens, right? Oftentimes you need people help you try to figure out, A, that you block your feelings and B, how you do it. And it's really hard to do by yourself. I mean, so many times, even though I'd already been a therapist, I didn't know that I'm holding my breath when I'm scared. That sounds trivial, right? But that needed some time and that needed help. And as soon as I gained some awareness now when I'm feeling anxious, I could become aware, oh, you're, you're not breathing, Lars. Breathe, right? That's good for you. Then I can do that. Or now I know that when I feel angry that I might feel sad underneath, right? But I needed help for that. So, Lars, as we finish up with this interview, it's been lovely speaking to you, but I would like to suggest now that you can breathe quite easily because we're done, Lars. We're finished. I'm breathing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for speaking to me. Go away emotions. Go away feelings. Sometimes we need to consider what we're doing here. Be curious about our emotions so that we can learn to understand them much better. Dr. Lars Auschra is the co-head of the German Institute for Emotion Focused Therapy in Munich. Thank you very much for your time, Lars. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening. If you'd like to find out more about this podcast, more about Lars and the work there in Germany, If you would like to find out how you can share this, please go to our website, emotionfocus.com. You'll find lots of information, lots of episodes, and I hope that you'll be listening in to us again soon.